the African Cup of Nations will, uh, or the AFCON, which I think is uh, probably one of the more satisfying abbreviations, AFCON. It just, it, it sounds like it is, you know, it sounds, yeah, that's the African Cup of Nations. It just, it's perfect. Anyhow, that's a side note. Uh, don't worry, that's not the intro, folks. <laughs> the, Af- the AFCON, or African Cup of Nations, uh, has started in earnest. There have been a few upsets, a few shocks already. Uh, Equatorial New Guinea won, Nigeria won. Uh, Egypt 2, Mozambique 2, uh, that took a, a last-minute penalty from, from Mo Salah to equalize that one. But the biggest one so far, Cape Verde beat Ghana 2-1, a stoppage time winner by Gary Rodriguez, which is a great name. <laughs> yeah, um, a mad first name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, after the game, uh, here is being interviewed not Gary Rodriguez. You scored the, the winner. And just talk me through that goal. Is no, it like I you, didn't no, score didn't. the number 11 uh, score. Number Rodriguez, yeah. You scored the first goal. I didn't score. I scored <laughs> the first goal. <laughs> but, yeah, my, my teammate scored it. Thank you very much. Do you think this would help the team qualify for the next stage? Yeah, that was, as I said, not Gary Rodriguez. That was Ryan Mendes. Uh, mistaken, maybe, for with a... a, a a kind of a Western first name, <laughs> yeah. and then a, a, a third world second name. Maybe that's what it was. Uh, that's that's a big L flat reporter. Will I don't know who he is. Uh, the clip was about revenge. I think I just picked up that clip in the middle of it. That he <laughs> just completely blew his chance to, to interview. You know, the biggest upset of the tour. I think it was the way that everyone just laughed him off. He lost his chance. He lost his question. That is exactly how it would go if we somehow got press passes to like the Euros. We would, we just wouldn't be prepared enough. We'd be caught off guard. <laughs> so, so tell me, uh, David Villa, uh, how was it playing out there? It's like uh, <laughs> my name is Pedri. <laughs> David Villa hasn't played for years. Oh, oh, it's it's. Uh, oh, there's a lot of cameras in here. It's hot. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Oh no. shit! <laughs> no, honestly, that is nonsense. Nonsense. All nonsense. They say many, many garbage things. You don't know what you're going to get. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a No Nonsense Podcast with Carl and Will. You know what, Will? I was watching uh, the Man United game there, and I thought that Man United had been knocked out of the Champions League. <laughs> I thought this, this is this is January. This is the Premier League. But then, I, I, first of all, I see Onani and go, I'm like, well, that's not right. He should be at the Afcon. We we'll get <laughs> yeah. that later on. <laughs> you weren't the only person to think that. <laughs> uh, but then I saw an opening game of football. You know, holding on the score sheet. And my night come away with a, a really disappointing draw. That means very little for them in the scheme of the competition. The story of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. I mean, we, we were saying before that well, this doesn't really happen in the, in the league, but it's more of a, a Champions League phenomenon that they have, you know, loads of goals and they come away disappointed. But at least Holland's on the score sheet, you know. And now he scored twice in a row. Yeah, a very, very open game of, of football. For my night yes, it was, a, it was a weird one because it felt like United, they had absolutely no control of the whole game, I will say. Like, they had no say in anything that was happening. But it felt like they were, that yeah. was the plan. They were kind of trying to play on the break, which is bizarre. <laughs> and like, I get why you do that, uh, especially with Spurs' high line. But it's just in Old Trafford to yeah, be yeah. like, let them have the ball. It was very weird to watch. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a trap that a lot of people fall into. That they feel like, no, we have to dominate the play at home. That the fans demand that. But I mean, sometimes it's like, you know, that this is the way to go. This is this is the way to go. You gotta you gotta catch them on the counter if that's where your strengths are. Yeah, I mean, I mean, most people will look at at, at different kind of storylines uh, from it, or what's the big takeaway for us? Will, of course, was the t- return of our boy Tibor Warder uh, <laughs> back believe. to his best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I did see one stats. It's Mexico, man. What can I, what can I say? <laughs> Anyhow, I was, I was saying, Timo Werner, um, I saw one stat from the game where he had five shots 
not on targets, just just five shots. <laughs> just, as long as you're hitting them. Five shots. It was something he never achieved at Chelsea in the Premier League. Yeah. So I mean, that shows how much space that my night were given that Timo Werner was getting, you know, five shots away. But it, it does kind of raise the, the, like, I guess it's like, it's, it's funny in a way to make fun of him. But like the fact that he never had five shots in a game is yeah. mad at Chelsea. <laughs> like, Surely they had some early group stage Champions League game or like some FA Cup game against like a League One team where they just dominated, you would think. But apparently not. Well, well, apparently this that was in the only in the Premier League, so maybe there was ah, one of those okay. games. But I mean, even still, it's like he was signed as a striker who scored twenty five goals in the Bundesliga, and yeah. he didn't have five shots in the game. Like, I mean, I know last episode we read up the tweets of like, you know, Chelsea didn't give him time to give him love. And I was like, nonsense. But I mean, maybe maybe that is the case. You know, I mean, time yeah. time will tell. I suppose. Like, you look at someone like Richarlison under Ange Postecoglou, and he had a full public mental breakdown. And now he's banging goals. Yeah. So like that's in the space of a season. That's not like over a summer that he like relaxed. I was like, this is during the season. He might say, I don't know what he said. I mean, just don't worry about it, mate. And that's all it took. Yeah. Maybe that's what, what the team of Werner needs, you know? Yeah. And I will say Werner, uh, he had some, some classic moments where like there was one particularly bad shot that's been clipped and you might probably seen it where it was closer to a corner than a shot on target. But, yeah, yeah. uh, he did also get an assist, to be fair to him. Uh, and again, it was a game for Spurs. <laughs> did you see the assist, though? I mean, like, he, he, he went down by that, he came back past his Benzicore, and he went by two players and smashed it. The goal was like, what an assist for Werner? That was all me. <laughs> <laughs> what a pass to set that up, you know? <laughs> but it's all confidence. Again, it's, it's how you spin that. You know, if, if, if you, you're Ange Postecoglou, you spin the goal, great, yeah. greatest uh, play today on the assist. Like that's in my fancy team, mate. Nice one, or you know, give him something. If you give him something, if you have, you know. But I guess you can always look at the things negative as well. I don't want to be so negative, but yeah, I guess yeah, that's a fair point. Just like yeah, I did on, on Team Warren there. Um, I, I, I don't know if you heard Jim Redknapp talk about it after the game. No, what was he saying? He's he's summed up in a, in a pretty pretty harsh clip, I think. Werner did okay, and you know he's. Is the, that's what you're going to get from Vern. You're going to get flashes of brilliance and then you're all also going to get a bit of disappointment. Yeah, it's, it's, it's harsh, but, but fair, I guess, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. For team, in that game, anyways, you know, but I think Redknapp has already resigned. Like, he's not going to be good. He's just replacing for Son while he's away and then, you know, yeah. we'll sell him on back to Germany. But I don't know. I think when you look at someone like Lukaku at Chelsea, like he's another player who needs love, you know, like he needs to be told he's the best and he's amazing. And wow, how many languages do you speak? That is amazing. As a professional player, <laughs> you speak languages as well. He, like that, he needs that like massaged ego rather than being at United where it's like, you expect to score, so score. Or like at Chelsea, I mean, Tuchel, you know, really didn't get the best out of him at all. Or Team Warner. So, I mean, I think Richardson, Team Warner and Lukaku all fall into that bracket of like someone who needs, who needs love. Yeah, to to flourish in the team. So this might be the best thing that Team Warner's ever done. Yeah, or it could just be a stopgap for Son, you know, and then yeah, and does seem like the right manager for it as well. It seems like any players who play under him absolutely love him. And uh, yeah, yeah, again, you can see just from how like Spurs ran their socks off for the whole game. They were everywhere on the pitch. And again, that's not something you do if the manager isn't someone who's you know motivating you to the highest level uh, I did think another player who probably needs I don't know really the best way to get out of him but Rashford had an interesting moment he scored a great goal uh, tricky feet yeah. and rifled into the bottom corner and then during his celebration he uh, did there's two there's a few options we always talk about when fans have been on your back you put your hands to your cup your ear you say what are you saying of course uh, yeah, classic yeah. Harry Maguire's one you put your finger in your ear say, I can't hear what you're saying. I'm not uh, listening to the shot you're saying. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. Or you do this one, which I think is the most agitating of all. You flap your hands like a puppet, as in shut up. Keep talking. Stop talking. Keep talking about it. Keep me. talking. Yeah. Keep talking. I'll do what I don't do. It's all the same message, really, isn't it? It's, it's like the same message. You're talking, and it's not really affecting me. Because look at yeah. the goal I just scored. How could, how could it be affecting me? I just scored a goal. Exactly. But the problem was... The fans that he's saying are yapping like puppets, keep it, keep it up, pal, are the Man United fans who he was scoring in front of, which is like, they're not, like, they don't hate you. <laughs> they just don't know why you're not scoring 30 goals this season like you did last year. There's no, I don't know, I don't think there's like a, he probably feels that there's a target on his back. 
from certain sections of the fans when I don't think that's actually the case. I mean, you did say he's he's not going to score again in the league, Will. This is a man who scored <laughs> hundreds of goals since the time he was 18 for my night. And you're like, he's done this this year. He's not going to score anymore. I mean, I'd be like, yeah, keep talking, Will. If someone was to come out and say, the No Losses podcast won't do another download for the rest of the year. Like, another <laughs> download. That's what we do. Not a single goal. I mean, I'd be like, yeah, keep talking, you gobshite. But that wasn't based on... That was based on how he's playing. Do you know what I mean? It's fair criticism. It was on a place. It's from a place of love. You don't understand if you had a team of your own. Like I get when famously Maguire cupped his ears after scoring the header uh, for England, and people mm-hmm. said, "What is that about?" You know, he's saying, "Oh, I hear it all about that." <laughs> but like that, was a lot of the criticism towards him was unfair. Whereas, like who, like what is being said about Rashford that? he thinks it's so unfair. He's been terrible this season. Uh, I think a lot of it has been like he doesn't try and he's walking around out there. His body language is off. A few body language experts <laughs> came out yeah. and were like, look at him walking around. He do- he's not interested. He's having a sulk, this kind of stuff. Because like, <laughs> again, we don't know what's going on in his own personal life or why is that going. So we just make stuff up that like, maybe he's sulking. Maybe he's overprayed. <laughs> you know, prima donna footballer. You know, it, it always comes out because like, that's what you go to because like, well, it must be something. So wh- why not that? You know, but uh yeah, no, it was, uh, him was proving you wrong. And then it was Holland who continues to prove me wrong, where I said he'd only score. He wouldn't score as much as he has in the Champions League. Three more goals, Will, he's shut me up. I'll be waiting for those three goals. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easily the least successful set of guarantees we've ever done of absolutes. Although this time last year, I think you said Lukaku wouldn't score five more goals, which is literally the same absolute, just in different, uh, you know, Packaging, framed yeah. with different different packaging, and then he immediately scored two goals, and then he did an interview. So hopefully Holland literally does an interview with uh, <laughs> yeah. who do you go from Atlanta? <laughs> yeah. I love Atlanta. Atlanta, I say. Well, it's funny because speaking of like, players, you know, who miss home, who want to go back to where they were at their best. Uh, the big news coming into this game was that Jaden Sancho was loaned back to Dortmund, and it was such big yeah. news, the fact that. It was all Ten Hag was asked about in every interview coming up to the game. To the point where the last clip I saw of him talking about it was he was asked, you know, like, if Sancho performs well over in Germany, uh, will he be welcoming back into the squad? And he said, I think I've answered this already. Can we move <laughs> on, please? <laughs> like with actually answered it or with my actions? Or how do you <laughs> yeah, mean answer this? He means both. I think it's obvious what I'll do. <laughs> I think I know what you're doing, and I think you know the answer to this. I don't think you're being quite rude right now asking this question, because I think we all know what the answer to that question is. Uh, I don't know if you saw all the um, the footballers in his replies on Instagram, yeah, like yeah. with prayer emojis and stay strong emojis and thank the Lord he's out of that club emojis. <laughs> like He's on loan as well, which is so funny, because he did an interview where he's like, you know, it's good to be back home and playing with a smile on my face and stuff. It's like... You're still under contract to Man United. You can't be saying that. <laughs> it's done, man. It's it's yeah, like Yao it uh, Felix at Barcelona. Yeah. On, on, on loan from Atletico Madrid. But like, was it that uh, Diego Simeone said, I don't speak about other clubs' players. Like, well, technically he is your player. So, <laughs> yeah. But they're just saying, listen, like all oh, bar the paperwork, it's done. He's never come back here again. So what do you think it does mean if Sancho now goes on to rip it up in the Bundesliga Dortmund? Does that prove Ten Hag wrong and that Man United are a disaster? Or does it show that the German League maybe isn't to the level that the, like the Premier League demands are when you're Dortmund or Bayern or one of the top clubs? Um, well, I think for, for, for Bayern, that's one of those things because we saw Kane going over and he's equal in Lewandowski's records by the week. It's like, oh, he's, he's, it's a uh, Farmers League. But I mean... Haaland was playing with Dortmund. Like yeah. Dortmund, we know they're a famous team and they're, they were like a hipster team 10 years ago when we everyone first like started discovering, you know, Royce and Hummels and all these cool like German guys. But I mean, they are like in terms of the, the resources that Bayern have, like they're not close to it. Like, and they don't finish. It's not, it's not like Real Madrid Barcelona, you know. So the fact that Haaland and Sancho yeah. were doing crazy numbers for Dortmund and then they've also, and Haaland's done for Man City, I think it's like, if you're a good player, you're a good player. If you were someone who was like, I, I don't know, I think maybe Vaud Vajkors was very good in, in in the Bundesliga as well and he came to my night and he wasn't very good. So uh, it's it's hard to say like, because you're good here, you know, you should be good there and if you're not, it's because your league is weak. 
you know, I think it's it's. I think Sancho is still a good player. I don't think it proves in the German league. I think it's more yeah. damning on my United than more than anything because it's like. Yeah, I don't know if the German league is. Yeah, I, yeah that's what I think. Also, it's probably not as competitive because there's as much money. I think that's just a fact. The same as the Italian league, there's as much money as that. So, do they have the same quality players? No, but yeah, it's different. It's different. Um, I will say as well, Sancho has played a blinder in this whole situation because he's now he'll be playing Champions League knockout yeah. football uh, with Dortmund, something which he wouldn't have been doing at United. He got paid obviously his huge wages for the last few months. Uh, without having to train or do anything. And also, I think the public opinion has now swayed to where, I think at the beginning, people were like, ah, Sancho, like, what a, you can't, what a waste of talent and all this. But now, as soon as he gets an assist at Dortmund, I think a lot of people are like, okay, maybe this guy, you know, he was right all along, that something's rotten in the back, in behind the scenes at United. Yeah, there was a funny uh, moment uh, uh, post-match they had Keane Neville and uh, Redknapp and of course they're they're picking over the bones of this failed entity that is Manchester United you know um, and then I think Redknapp who loves doing this I think mainly to Neville but when Keane's there he likes to do it as well where he was like I mean like Ange Postecoglou turned around in like six months I mean why why can't Ten Hag turn around like I mean how much yeah. does it turn around and Keane was like oh like, don't give me this kind of thing but then Redknapp did like a, a real mind trick on, on Keane. He's like, I mean, you're saying that my nine were worse than Spurs? How about Spurs two years ago? And Keane's like, oh, damn, he's got me there. I don't want to say Spurs are good. It's like, the problems are deeper, Jamie. The problems are deeper. You know, <laughs> like, he couldn't say that. <laughs> I have to say, I really impressed Redknapp saying, Spurs were so bad two years ago. You're saying my nine were worse than Spurs were two years ago? Hmm, no, I can't say that because they were pretty bad. I guess you got me there, Jamie. Maybe Ten Hag is a problem. Like it's, it is the the, the public opinion is changing on Ten Hag because it's it's uh, a lot of good players coming in, a lot of them failing. Even someone like Holland, who like that was a great goal he scored at the weekend, and he, and he has scored goals in Champions League in different situations. So the fact that you're not getting the best out of someone like that, it does kind of point towards what's going on, you know? Because it's not like his attitude is wrong. Can't all their attitudes can't be wrong? Yeah, exactly. You know? It's it's. Uh, but yeah, I think I was, I was talking about Sancho and. Um, uh, veering very close to talk about Ronaldo in fact I think with the Ten Hag and, and players going wrong there's been a lot of talk of like who has been the worst signing in the post-Fergie era for my United so yeah listen folks uh, five more minutes of my United uh, segment just uh, hold tight we're getting to other stuff out of this um, but yeah I think it's an interesting look at it because there has been a few over different managers over different uh, years and we we try to stray away from the kind of negative and honestly outright disrespectful stuff of like ranking players. Like I, I saw one adult from, from <laughs> yeah. some shit here <laughs> from some podcast. It was like top ten goalies in the world, some of like that. I was like, goalies hate when you say so about them. Like when former players who played with them say, "Yeah, I think he could have done better." Goalies in very go, "That man is no fucking head of a goalkeeper." You know, we think could have better. He hasn't got a clue what it takes to be a goalkeeper. So. If they hate when former players who they played with say so, I'm sure they despise when, when you know, podcasters say it. So we try to stay away from the kind of ranking of players who's the best in the world. Or, oh, he, he does, he's not top 10. He's not good enough. He's brutal, you know. <laughs> but just in terms of the signing, I think the, the, the key to a good and a bad signing is all about expectation. What, where you thought this player was going to take your team, what, what you thought he was going to do versus how it kind of ended up and, you know, where it went after that. I mean... Who, who would you say, Will? I mean, give me, give me your, your, uh, some of the worst signings that you th- you have in the, in the post-Fergie era. I think the worst is comfortably uh, Sanchez. Because, and like, obviously, I think monetarily he is the worst, but yes. that doesn't really mean anything to me and you. What the fuck do I care about my United's finances? Yeah. But do you remember the announcement video for Sanchez? The piano, yeah. The piano, the the theater of dreams. This is the one. I we've had a few false dawns now since Fergie, but this one, this is the guy. We just saw him at Arsenal ripping it up. That yeah. was only a few weeks ago. That felt like that was going to be the one that everything clicks. I think he was after they had won the Europa League as well. Uh, couldn't have been too long after it. You, they were but kicking on. It really did know? feel like. Yeah, it really did feel like. The missing piece of the puzzle, you know. And he was just, he was never the same player as he was at Arsenal. He never showed up. Um, I think it's single digits, goals, plus assists in his whole stint there. Yeah. And then 
Man United, it got to the point where Man United loaned them to Inter Milan and they paid Inter Milan six million euro to take them, to take him off their hands and then continued to pay his 300 grand a week wages or whatever the fuck. Which is, that is just surely one of the most comically bad transfer sagas ever, I think. Yeah, I think the whole, again, like the finances or whatever, like for a, a club like Man United, it doesn't really matter that much, but it's more the yeah. the kind of what it looks like on the outside for players, for agents. It's like, yeah. I mean, for agents, like, I'm definitely going to bring my player here because they're a joke and they'll pay way too much. But then for players, like, yeah. oh, that is a mess. Like, that they're they're loaning players out and they're paying their wages. Like, it just it, it's the whole, it just doesn't look professional. It doesn't look kind of sleek and clean. It doesn't look like a team that's going to go on to win stuff. So, I mean, it was really damaging the whole saga of it going loan and all this money coming out. Like, coming out, all this money was being paid to him to be somewhere else. Like, what is this club? <laughs> yeah. And again, like I say, he was... A lot, a lot of players come from, we'll say, the German league or from the Dutch league. It's like, oh, will it translate? But like, he was scoring goals against you for a team that plays yeah, in the exactly. same league. It was a guarantee. Like, this guy is unbelievable. He was unbelievable at Barcelona, but there was like a, a weird, messy uh, Neymar politics thing going on. So he left and then it was unbelievable Arsenal. He was their player of the year. He scored goals against Man United. It was, it was, it was just, it was nailed on. It was like, we got this from the rival. It was perfect. And then... There was a story years later where he came out and he said, the second I got there, I wanted to go back to Arsenal or something like that. Like something like, <laughs> yeah, you know, he regretted his transfer easily. And that's kind of looked like how he played. He really didn't look like he was as tuned in as he was at Arsenal. So it was quite disappointing. But I don't know if the expectation then was that this is going to be, this is the one that's going to win the league. It's just like, he's a really good player. It's just like it was a really good signing. A guaranteed, uh, not yeah. s- safe is probably the wrong word because it wasn't like, a small sphere, but it was like, yeah, guarantee, I guess. Like, this is the one that, that is definitely going to work. He's not coming from the league. He's used to it. Yeah. He's played in the winter. Worst case scenario, he'll be good in the Premier League. Yeah. yeah. He, even if he wasn't going to be as good at Arsenal or he played a different role, he's, he can score goals. We've seen him do that, you know, but it really didn't translate. I think Pogba had huge expectations, to be honest. Yes. He was, I think, the first real, like, Again, we talk about the false dawns. I think yeah. he was like the original false dawn of like, we're back. This is like the the hot player in football. And look how yeah. cool this announcement video is. And everything is so cool at Man United right now. And yeah. it was the the beginning of the end of it all. They had Stormzy at his peak in the announcement video. Yeah. I mean, they must have, like, the transfer itself was a record uh, fee at the time. Yeah. But the marketing for it, they must have spent untold amounts of money. And wasn't that the one that was like, don't worry, the shirt sales will make the money back? Yes, that was the original. That was also, that marketing campaign was so big that people still reference hashtag Pogback. Pogback. (laughs) You never hear any, every player signing has a hashtag now, or I think has for a few years, but that's the only one that you ever hear. (laughs) It's it like that was the death of hashtags for me. Like pog, hashtag pog back <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh man, they've got storms involved in this, trying to get the kids involved. I mean, it was it was awful. It was and it was just so much. Hi- it was the hype, the level of hype it was like this is the best midfielder in the world. We we're led to believe that's what they the, yeah. that's what we, we thought. It was the whole thing of let him go on free and then developed into the best player in the world. Oh, what a what a mess up by by my night. It was driven by memes. Like this whole transfer was like we have to get him back. We have to get Pog back. Yeah. You know, it was crazy <laughs> that the hype around it. To then what eventually ended up being Pogba's career. And again, this isn't players who came and were like the worst players or the least talented. No, he, he was, has plenty of good moments. Plenty yeah. of good moments. Again, the Europa League. But I think it's just when you look at how it started and what we thought it was going to be, it was going to be like, this is like signing, you know, Zidane or Vieira or, or some kind of combination of the yeah. two. And, and it just, you know... And again, maybe if you signed Zidane to that team, it would have had the same effect. It would have been like, this is a disaster and one player can't solve it. But it's all about the expectation. It was like, this is going to solve yeah. everything. And it didn't solve anything. It just caused more problems than, why is Pogba not playing as well as we thought he would? It's like, because you <laughs> imagine this, you know, because in yeah. the last team he was playing with Juventus, he won 10 leagues in a row, some of which may have been dodgy. I mean, like, you know, it just, the whole hype really got ran away from everybody. And then, yeah, after what, five years, six years he was at the club? I think he his transfer as well was like 
the the peak Ed Woodward era of like big stars, big marketing, big campaigns. You'll see her face everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like the it was like the Hollywood FC kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With none of the success, it was so he and he was like the face of it all. Yeah, it was a lot of it was like the downfall of this new era after Fergie because it was so connected to it. And that Fergie saw him as a kid went, he's trouble. Not worth it. And then when he left, let's bring him back. It's like, that was probably the, the wrong move. Like, you know, have you just forgotten the man already? Everything United used to not be of like no player power. It was all. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, we all had a team of player power. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he was. He was like, like some kind of historical political story of like a, a guy who was, uh, you know, an up and coming in the party. Went, no, no, get rid of him. Get him out of the party. He's too much trouble. I don't like he's doing. And then he gets brought back as leader and becomes like a dictator and is like ruins the whole thing. It's like, we knew this years ago, but you all ignored <laughs> me. Yeah, I think that was for me. It's just, I'll never forget the hype. Maybe it's just, it was, uh, it just reminds me of a certain time in my life. I, I remember very quickly, very easily, but. Yeah, I mean, I think the Ronaldo one, there's a lot of expectation too, where it's like, it's Ronaldo. I mean, you know, yeah. and you can't get more expectation than that. Like, this is Ronaldo coming back to my United. And then they kept showing clips from like, oh, five or six. Like, it's going to be like this again. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. again, not that he didn't have anything to offer. He didn't score goals. Or he wasn't good. But just, again, in those clips, uh, in oh, five or six, if you look closely, you'll see players like, you know, uh, Renistroy and Rudy and Paul yeah. Scholes in there, you know, and Ferdinand Navidic. You'll see other players in those clips in the background that kind of gave him the opportunity to, to score those goals. So when he comes back and it doesn't work out, it doesn't fall on that. It falls like, ah, oh, Ronaldo hasn't worked out. It's like, well, technically, no, Ronaldo <laughs> hasn't worked out. But I mean, look at everything else. It's not the same, you know. Um, yeah. Sancho, of course, I don't know if there's as much expectation as more kind of like, again, more like telling the Sanchez, like, this is a good move. This is a really shrewd bit of business. This is going to play out well. But I mean, it, it hasn't. But I don't know if there's the same expectation as someone like Pogba and Ronaldo, you know? I think maybe some United fans did have expectations, obviously, for the Bundesliga numbers. But I think expectations would have been higher if it wasn't such a saga. Do you remember how long that transfer went on for? It was like every day for it felt like two years. I think it was two full summers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so by the time he did sign, I think a lot of United fans were just like, fucking finally. Like, let's get on with it now. And then, so I don't think the expectation, it didn't feel like it was there. But if he yeah. had been a surprise signing, oh, expectation would have been through the roof, I think. Well, do you know what it was in terms of expectation? It wasn't on him. It was more, that was with the, the uh, Solskjaer finished second in the league. Yeah. And then they bought Sancho and they had Lingard back from his like uh, his time at West Ham. He was buying goals. Ham. He was only like 28, 29 at the time. So he was still, you know, wasn't past then. Rashford, he had, uh, Mason Greenwood was going pretty well. You know, it's like <laughs> this young team of like attacking players that you can sub in and you have a squad and it's all going well. It's it like, all yeah, made sense. Yeah, It's all starting to make sense. There's, there's a vision here. I can see the vision for Ali. And then they brought Ronaldo and the whole thing got blown up and it was like, yeah. you know, it all changed. But. So it was more like a expectation for the team, you know. So yeah, I, I think honestly, you can get into who's good or who's bad, but it's it's like the the rash thing now. It's like you know what's going on with them. Let's mix them up, you know. Yeah. Like you do get that kind of <laughs> error of who was worse or who didn't try or who was sulking, you know. And there's interviews that have come out since and all this other stuff, but you never really know. I think all you can look at is from the outside and say what you thought was going to happen. I mean, I remember <laughs> there was one transfer window. I think you tweeted. Where you're like, I've had worse transfer windows in FIFA or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They signed Ibrahimovic, uh, Mkhitaryan, and maybe it was Lindelof as well. Lindelof. And Lindelof was like a, a high centre back, and it was yeah. like, and it was like, this is perfect. Matic maybe. <laughs> it, was the, it was the class thing. It was like, what's the name I need? A striker and a right winger and a centre back. And they've needed that for about ten years, you know. <laughs> it's like they did it all in one, in one, one foul swoop, you know. And so there's always been expectation around transfer winners, but some players carry their own weight. It's like this is going to be huge, you know. I don't know if you've seen this uh, latest story uh, about Onana and the African Cup of Nations. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, I was surprised to see him in goal. I thought that's started. Surely he should be, you know, with the team, with the players. Um, 
but apparently there was a, an agreement between the Cameroon uh, FA and Onana that he would start later. He would join the team later. In fact, he was going to. He went straight from the 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 Spurs game. It was going to go straight to the African Cup Nations. I was like, that's weird. I wonder why that happened. So I, I dug a little deeper. Will turns out when Knight was signing Onana in the summer, they were worried about African Cup Nations. They said, oh, I don't want to lose a, a goalkeeper in January. I mean, we're kind of don't tell anybody we're letting go of De Gea. So it's just going to be you there. We, we're not really sure about you know losing you for the African Cup Nations. I said, oh, that's okay. I've retired from from Cameroon. Yeah. <laughs> my night after he signed after they signed him were informed that that was actually not true but, well that's bollocks lads that's not very good don't like that in fact in fact if you weren't so desperate we'd probably sue you for breach of contract because that was what the whole thing was probably based on but maybe it was Onan himself or his agent but something dodgy was done there where they got the my night move despite not retiring at 27 as a goalkeeper from his international side Again, this is the kind of stuff that doesn't make, look, make my night look good. This is kind of like, you know. So, yeah, on the back of that, they came to an agreement that said, okay, look, you'll go at the last minute and hopefully you get knocked out soon. But even if you get to the final, you'll only miss four games. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, fast forward to Onana conceding two goals against Spurs and jetting off the AFCON. And uh, bad weather uh, grounded his flight and he was 150 miles away from the game. Couldn't make the squad. Very funny picture of him panicked on the phone in like the stereotypical cool footballer outfit with like a designer jacket and like tracksuit and huge white shoes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was reminiscent of the time when Aubameyang was at some African uh, awards ceremony. After he got a suit, so he came out in the most obnoxious footballer outfit you ever seen for the awards ceremony. It's like. You just you, you couldn't have a, a pair of jeans on you and a white t-shirt even you know something's like hey I'm just in casual mode not like I'm like what was he planning on you know I, I don't know but uh, yeah it's, I think it's just it's classic Onana fashion to make something as simple as a transfer to my night like you were just in the Champions League you're 27 years old as a goalkeeper <laughs> so it's like you know you're like 24 as a normal outfield player you know you have the world at your feet and instead of like saying you know what I'm going to African Nations that's who I am. You know, deal with it. He, he makes up a lie and tries to get out the lie, and then he's like, "Oh, it's okay. I'll go last minute." Oh no, my flight's cancelled. It's like, just just catch the ball and go to ground. Just make it simple, you know. Yeah. Has to overcomplicate these things. Apparently, he made it to the stadium in time, and was then informed that too late. Uh, you're not playing. You're not in the start sheet. And apparently, according to the Daily Mail, he lost his head and was like fuming about this. And I think I'll look it up here. Apparently, El Haji Juf had to calm him down, I think it was. The Sangali's legend. Yeah, here it is. This is from the Daily Mail. Raging Man United goalkeeper Andre Onana has to be calmed down by former Senegal star El Haji Juf after he rushed to play an AFCON opener, but then wasn't picked. Onana was quoted as saying, then why did I come here on a private jet? <laughs> <laughs> because you lied about retiring to sign United and then you got caught in a lie. I mean, it's, it's, I, if we can trace the steps here, I have it all written down. God, it's just, it's, it's oh. you know, more of that. More of that from, from Manana, please, because it's, it's endlessly irritating. He is, he's incredibly, there's, I think there's like two types of goalkeeper. There is... You know, straight lace, you know, nice short haircut. You can yeah, set yeah. your watch to never in trouble. Or there's this lunatic. <laughs> and we've got a real lunatic on our hands here. He's amazing. I think, honestly, they're all a bit tapped. Yeah, you have to be. You, you ha- to be have, I want to be in goal where they drive the ball. Do you know how they kick those balls at you? <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, that's coming right at your face, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's what your brain is. That's what you think and feel. You, like, why are you getting in goal? To, to be okay with that and then be good at it. Yeah. To be actually jumping towards the ball is fine towards you. I mean, you have to be something a bit off with you. So, and especially being in like Onana type, where not only are you the person who they drive the ball at, and that's what you want for your career, you're also like, I'm pretty good with it on my feet. I like to do like crife turns and stuff with the ball in my box. <laughs> yeah, well, that's also what they say about goalkeepers that they all find themselves as outfield players at some point in their career. You know, like someone like uh, Neuer. You know, constantly doing those those crap turns way before anybody yeah. was doing, uh, you know, sweeper keepers. But yeah, they're, they're all a bit kind of they see the world differently. We'll say, but uh, Onana particularly so. I think. Um. Yeah. Look, that's that's the end of the the uh, United cast. Uh, now on to football stuff. <laughs> we had uh, 
Man City, well, they're playing Newcastle in a, a game you're just not sure who to root for, mm. you know, or who to root against. You know, they're both they're both uh, teams that you don't like, I guess. <laughs> uh, Newcastle did their classic thing of, of playing on emotion and running out of steam. Um, all the goals of the game were, were unbelievable finishes. Uh, Bernard Silva's back heel, both the goals from uh, Jumpscare Gordon and Isaac. I know we saw Anthony Gordon was at the Nets game like 24 hours after that. I did see front. I it's funny seeing like Anthony Gordon, you know, courtside at an Nets game because even though he's a footballer and I know he's a millionaire and he's on yeah. insane money, I was thinking like, wow, courtside <laughs> Anthony, fair play. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's probably on like a hundred grand a, a week. Oh, easily. easily, I'd say, yeah. But it's funny because he the NBA post on Instagram and they literally, if it, they, I'd say the the admin of the NBA for the social media. Who does that stuff anyways? Doesn't know shit about basketball. Doesn't know shit about sport. He's literally just like, I just tag people and stuff. And he's out. The picture is like, oh, who's this? And it's like Anthony Gordon. Looked up Anthony Gordon Instagram. Football. Yeah. Softball. I was like, yeah, (laughs) tag him. Anthony Gordon, courtside, you know. And all the comments like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) All the actual NBA fans are following the page. Like, who are these people? Who the hell is Anthony Gordon? I was thinking as well. When did he? When did he do that? When did he have a chance to fly over and catch a Nets game? I was thinking this too. You know, I was like, you might get a day off after a game, fair enough. But like, it's it's a what's twenty hour flight from and like even on a private jet, it's still a fucking long haul. And uh, maybe I'm being rude here. Maybe you can fly flying to Manchester. I mean, what airport is he going down to? London is he going down to? Is he going over to Manchester? Is there an airport international airport in Newcastle? Like, I mean, just the logistics of it will. You know, he gets, what, 24 hours off? 48 hours <laughs> yeah. off? I was like, right, i got to go with the Nets game. I have front row tickets. Jay-Z gave them to me for my birthday. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I have to be there. Like, how has this, this transpired? I was like, okay, I have two days coming off in January, maybe, Jay-Z. But I don't know if I can make that one, but I'll let you know. It's not like a playoff like, game either. It's like regular season. <laughs> like, he, like, he must have gone to the airport, flown over there, straight to the stadium, straight back to the airport after getting back. Like, he must really love basketball to must. make that commitment. Yeah. Or he had like a week off from Newcastle for, for whatever reason. It's so bizarre. Uh, I, I do love the idea of him get like the photo being taken and being tagged, but him quietly thinking in his mind, oh shit, I'm going on their Instagram. <laughs> I'm about to get cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. I hope football Twitter doesn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's because this week is a bit of a weird week with, with fixtures. Like half the fixtures are one weekend and the other yeah. rest of the teams are playing next weekend. So maybe he does have like an extended break off. He said, fuck it. I'm a millionaire. I'm going to the Nets game, you know? A game where you felt like City might uh, finally crumble, but enter new and improved KDB uh, with extra aura added this time. <laughs> He's been listening to our criticism for the last few years. Um, yeah. We mentioned only a few weeks ago, he has no aura. He's one of the few footballers in the world. He's, he's a great player, but what does it really mean? He, he's the best footballer with the worst aura. That's exactly. what he was. We said uh, the Let Me Talk clip, that killed him in mm, any hour at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, But this six weeks off has done him a world of good. And then bonus, cool new haircut, he's off to the races. The haircut, honestly, I didn't think he had that in him. I yeah, just, he, I, he's, he's <laughs> yeah. a haircut you can set your watch by kind of guy, you know. He gets back with these, like, kind of this classic old money haircut. Like, whoa, look at this guy, you know, this guy's... He, He's like, it's better than Grealish's. It's his own thing. You know, it's it's it's, it's the KDB. You know, it's not Grealish. It's his own thing. I think I saw a clip from during the week. Hit the gritty in training. Hit the gritty is insane. I, I, even the caption was like, I never thought I'd see KDB hit the gritty. You wouldn't say that about any other footballer. <laughs> Every other footballer, you're like, yeah, I could see it. <laughs> yeah, any modern day footballer would say, yeah, I mean, probably. I mean, that's these, you know, because you forget how young they are too. But I mean, Kevin Bourne's like 31, 32. Like, he's a seasoned vet, and he's like, you know what? I need to change my image up, you know? <laughs> and then, of course, you add in this this new, cool, hip image to, like, an outrageous finish. Like, what was that Unbelievable, yeah. What the hell was that? He just passed in from, like... The ball doesn't spin. It just, like, glides. It's insane. I don't know how you kick the ball that way. Even even with Dubravka in goal, it was still a good goal. You know, like, it was right in that corner. It just, like, arrowed it in, passed it, like... Perfect again. It was, uh, I've, he turned his body like he was going to go kind of wide and then just like went near side yeah. and it was just incredible. And that was, that was the, the equalizer or the winner? 
Uh, yes, that was the equaliser. And then the winner was his amazing assist from yes. halfway down the pitch, right onto Oscar Bob's foot. He had a lot of work still to do, oh, but yeah. even still, being able to get the ball there is insane at that stage of the game as well. I, I think maybe that is, that's Pep's biggest thing. You might, you know, you might say, oh, anybody could do it money, but when you see someone like Oscar Bob, who I personally will, never heard of. <laughs> Come on. And what is he, like 15, 14, whatever what age he is? <laughs> it's around that, yeah, 10 or something. And he comes on, like, he knows where to be for Kevin and Brian Pass. It's like, okay, I guess he trains with him. Like, you know, like, like they've pedicled for years. Like, all he has is training and Pep's instruction. And then the ability to, to the first touch is insane. And then to round the keeper and then have the composure to put him, like, who is this this pet prodigy now? You know what I mean? Like, how, how, where's he? How's he? Another one. How's he developed these players? And even if someone that like doesn't go on to have a great career doesn't have a huge impact, it's like he still came on, did that in a game for City, because and Pep, Pep did that, you know, in, in many ways, you know. So yeah, it's incredible. But um, it does mean that City are now second. Yeah, then uh, it looked like a whole new city out there of just the city of old, actually. Um, I was watching the highlights just before we came on here to catch up and everything. Yeah. And the commentator at the end of the highlights said, and that is the hallmark of champions. No, yeah, I know. How does it happen, though? I thought they had lost like six games over the last few while, but they're right back in second. So did everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was losing. Any other year. Because you know what it was? They were on a bad run, but City weren't in front of them. Any other team, you go on that run, you go on. Every other season, you're 20 points behind first place. But it was them on the run, so everyone else was equally as bad. I mean, I know the points were, were tight, but they were fifth, Will. Now they're second. I mean, it's just not... Well, I did see something that I, I couldn't believe. Uh, last year, I think it was... No, sorry, la- not last year. It was a few years ago. Uh, City, one of the years they won the league in the last five, they were eight on Christmas Day. And apparently, it was the... Remember the year where they signed Ruben Diaz and then won 50 games in a row in January. It was that year. They came, yeah. it came from eight. So they've done this before where like, it doesn't, I know we talk about the run, but they've done it to this level before of like miles behind. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess you forget that because you just look at the end of the season and go, oh, they won again. That was always going to happen. But maybe it wasn't always going to happen, but it does and invariably. So yeah, it's a, uh, it's it's tough to watch. Well, it looks like it's going to be City and maybe Liverpool if they can maintain this this run of their own. But uh, yeah, business as usual in the Premier League. Business as usual and a much grimmer business than usual because if City walk their way to a fifth league, no, sorry, fourth league in a row, uh, with obviously the charges over their head, while Everton mm. get get stomped down the drain into the Championship, whether they like it or not, from a second set of charges. That will be tough to take, I think. Yeah, Everton. Uh, we were we were singing their praises, saying they they've escaped relegation. They had the song; it was all good, but they didn't win after that, uh, and they're right back in relegation zone right now. We're not in relegation zone, I don't think, right now, but they're one above us, uh, which is in grace, especially like say on the uh, the news of new charges uh, coming in fresh for them. Uh, them not in forests, strangely. I mean, not in forests. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we also that coming surely. Yeah, yeah, they signed thirty players. Yeah, uh, not surprising that they've been breaking some kind of rules. Um, yeah, Everton are one point ahead of Luton uh, in for relegation on seventeen points. Not in Forest on twenty points. I mean, look, if this is another ten point deduction for Everton, I mean, now you're bottom. Now you're seven points. Like that is. It's tough to get them to go again because who's to say you're not going to get another 10 in two months, I think. Yeah, it, it, it were very tough. And on Forest, they'll be on 10 points. They'd be one, they'd be also relegation. So this could be huge for, for uh, Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield. Yes. But uh, yeah, for, for Everton on Forest, it does seem a bit uh, a bit mad. Now, honestly, well, I haven't seen this enough because it only kind of happened what, today. Was it today or? Uh, yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. Well, you know, different times on. It's break. Uh, <laughs> um, so I'm not sure if this is another case of like clearly breaking the rules and nothing you can do about it, or is this kind of more, I don't know, gray area. So I don't know. I don't know what's happening. We'll come back to this one in the future, I think. Uh, but something that we do know uh, was hap- what has happened, and we don't really know, need to know the exact uh, specifics to know exactly what happened, is uh, Jose Mourinho getting sacked. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he is gone from Roma after two and a half years. This uh, this is just what we call late stage Mourinho. 
Yes. He, he comes in. He thinks, oh, yes, we'll get the good Mourinho. He, he's kind of a hard ass. He gets things going for a bit, but people lose interest in that kind of, you know, uh, the stick versus the carrot, I guess. You know, he's more of a stick guy, I think. People kind of get sick of the stick after a while. I do have a, a good stat for you. Um, so a brief history of his time at Roma. Obviously, he won the first ever Conference mm-hmm. League. He legitimized the competition then by getting it yeah. tattooed on himself, which I think made a lot of people go, oh, this must actually be a real competition that matters. Then uh, he infamously lost the Europa League final, or they lost the Europa League final, due to a retaken yeah. penalty that we mentioned last week. Uh, he then followed that game up by waiting for the ref out the back, remember in the parking lot? He said, I'll catch you outside. And that then led to the fans copying him and catching yeah. the ref at the airport. Um, so those are the big moments for him at Roma. But I found this stat, which was surprising to me. So he recorded a point average of 1.61 points a game. And you know the way sometimes we talk about you can make anything look good or bad if you're specific enough. Listen to this for a specific stat. The lowest average point tally for a coach that had at least 50 games in the Serie A since the three-point-per-win era. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, that is quite specific, Will. So, since the three-point era... Yeah, since the three-point era came in in 1994. 1994 only? That's what it says. <laughs> so, in Serie A, it was two points per win or something, was it? Must have been, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, no wonder they were so defensive. It wasn't even worth it to score, was it? Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah. And another great stat. Stat of the week, easily. Nobody in Syria A players or coaches received more red cards than Jose Mourinho since he took over with five. Yeah, Jesus. I mean, if you're you're the uh, the Roman top brass, right? I mean, what are you concerned about? You know, you're, you're trying to get back in the championship. You're trying to get money. You're trying to get you know success and, and kind of get the, grow the club's uh, fame and all that kind of stuff. That's the kind of shitty stuff we're thinking about, you know. So, like, Brino is part of that, like, big manager coming in, okay, this is good, you know, they're playing okay, they win the Conference League, which, again, is kind of like, for someone like Roma, who has won the league before, and, you know, it's been a while since they were really successful, so it's like, it's not the worst thing in the world for to have your manager tattoo that on his arm, but, you know, it's still, it's like, okay, it's good, but, like, let's, let's, let's relax, everybody, let's not <laughs> yeah. get, get too crazy. Then cut to the Europa League in the final and like, oh yeah, this is more our thing. This is this is actually your UEFA Cup has always been good. You know, this is this is kind of good. Lose that, he has a meltdown, tries to catch the ref. Now the fans are, are chasing the ref. Now you're just kind of like tug club who like you know intimidates referees. That's not good. You know, that's not a good yep, look. Not good for business. <laughs> and then I don't know what, three or four more world carriers in the meantime, and you're not in the Champions League. Like, okay, he is not redoing any of the things we want. He's not making our club famous in a good way. He's not winning games, we're not qualifying for stuff, you know, and he's not a very nice man when he's losing, you know. So, I mean, yeah. but it's a classic case. This is what he does, you know, it goes well, it goes bad, he turns every against him, burns his bridges, moves on. We've definitely not seen the last of him. He's like, it's like a villain in a series where he's, you know, you've vanquished him for now. Oh, he'll be back. Next episode, he'll be back. <laughs> uh, or maybe will he'll go to Saudi Arabia. That's true. I could see that. You no. Know? Uh, although everyone seems to be kind of giving up on Saudi Arabia already. Yes. It, uh, I think the ultimate example is Jordan Henderson, who wants to leave now. Um, and he's been, I don't think he's quoted as saying, but the general gist is, you know, the, the, the playing facility, <laughs> the standards of the league, the attendance at the games... Uh, and the treatment of people like you know his wife, he's not too pleased with. Will what, it's it, we move on from Saipan? So I'm talking about Roy Keane, Saipan. Talk about talk about uh, Jordan Henderson, Saudi Arabia, please. Come on. So yeah, all these things are happening, and it's just it's funny because, like, what did you expect? These are all of the thing. These are all of the reasons everyone was up in arms about these players going to Saudi Arabia because it's like, well, they're going just for the money. Because everything else over mm. there is not to the standard that you want in terms of football. Like. Yeah, it, uh, it had a lot of hype at the start, you know. Uh, it was like this: this could be huge. The time difference isn't that bad. I mean, everyone's going there. All the top players are going there. You know, they're growing the league. Ronaldo's there. All this kind of stuff. Um, but now, I guess when it's not transfer season, it kind of dies a bit, and we just will obviously watch the Premier League. So, yeah. you know, 
it, you got what 300 people coming to the games and stuff I mean, look, for Henderson, it's, it's pretty bad foresight, especially what he gave up, especially what he, ro- what he risked doing this. Like, just to now want to go, like, if I was Jordan Henderson, I'd be saying, and this is probably why I'm not a successful, successful person, Will, because I don't have this kind of, like, these blinkers on that I, I don't see these kind of things. But, like, if I was Jordan Henderson, I'd say, well, I fucked up Liverpool, can't go <laughs> yeah. out there ever, as a player or a non-player. <laughs> but he's like, yeah, I'll go back. It's like, just, like, the people he's pissed off there, you know, from, like, Klopp, and the, I guess the owners of of, of Liverpool were probably pretty happy that he that they got money from that age, but like you know all the LGBT people that he he pissed off, all the supporters of the club that felt betrayed by him, you know, and he's thinking like, yeah, I'll go back and play for Liverpool. It's like <laughs> crazy that you just have this kind of mindset that you can think you can just do whatever you want, and I mean he can, I guess that's the thing. He he could go back to Liverpool, and loads of people would welcome him back. I mean, judging by X will. People would welcome Mason Greener back to the United team and the England team, for that matter. Yeah. So I mean, exactly. There's a clamor. There's a clamor for anyone if you can kick a ball. So yeah, I guess the real question for for uh, Klopp is, can he kick a ball still? You know, I mean, he obviously is a bit older, but he has been on a six months break, essentially not playing the top level, and at that age, maybe you lose it quicker. I don't know. And it does feel like, like I think Liverpool probably would have been happy to have Henderson be kind of the Milner replacement or yeah. like that middle of the role of just he's there for as long as he wants he can get subbed on he'll do a job and then he can yeah. like whatever he wants to do he can do it I think they would have been happy having that I don't think once you get rid of a player like that you're going to be like let's get him back no. in you're like that's mad that we got money for him <laughs> he would have been a lost cause <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a stranger because obviously he still has the experience and all that but I mean it's you, you build up the kind of uh club stalwart you know what you leave yeah. you come back it's like you're kind of starting from zero again you left like you weren't yeah. loyal to the club you left for money now you're back it's like uh, especially if you're not like oh no he's still really good you know like if he went to to Real Madrid for six months and like torrid time and actually you know what lads I can't do it here it's it's the booze are too much they keep whistling every time I touch the ball I, I hate it and, <laughs> <My> you're, <ears. laughs> and you're like 27 28 like yeah no he's still yeah definitely bring him back but They've moved on with Slobozai and uh, McAllister and even Endo to a certain extent. So it's like, you know, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, Benzema also seems to be uh, falling out with his manager, not like him. Uh, and he's, he's, uh, he's looking for a way back. Man United will linked with him. I've seen that. Um, it's so funny how quickly, like everyone knows every single problem with Man United's transfer policy over the last 10 years. But then when like Benzema's free... It's it's like everyone just it's yeah. gone out of their brains. Like he'd fix it. He's the one. He could score a goal. <laughs> he would be the exact. He would be Alexis Sanchez again. I, I think he'd be more uh, Ramdell Falcao. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, it's a good shit. <laughs> Player who is like past this. I was like, you gonna pay me how much to play here? Your All loss, right. pal. <laughs> hey, I, I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job, okay? But I'm assuming you'll probably tell me how to do mine after six months of this. Uh, honestly, that is nonsense. Nonsense. All nonsense. They say many, many garbage things. You don't know what you're going to get. You'll earn a lot more if you listen rather than talk all the time. Thank you very much, no problem.